Welcome to the Perimenopause Power Podcast. We are Lisa and Natalie, two certified holistic health coaches passionate about helping women embrace their physiology to elevate their highest potential for confidence, health and energy. Perimenopause will be unique to you and each episode gives you the power in knowing that you can define your own journey. Let's get into today's episode. Well, hello, listeners. Welcome back for another episode of Perimenopause Power Podcast. And you are in for a wonderful treat today. We are joined by Renata. Hello, Renata. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming along. And hello, Lisa. Hi, Nat. Hi, Renata. Hi. It is always a favorite part of our week coming together, isn't it, Lisa? It is. And especially when we get to chat to beautiful women and uh, who are full of inspiration and motivation. (laughs) Thank you. And so let's talk about Renata. So Renata Bernard is a job hunting expert, career strategist and host of the Job Hunting Podcast. And we were very lucky to be an interviewee on Renata's podcast Her coaching services and social media presence aim to increase career literacy for professionals in the corporate, nonprofit and public sectors. Renata believes that recruitment and selection are structurally biased towards the employer and her goal is to even out the game by giving the candidate an upper hand. She believes professionals should always invest in their careers to maximise their results and achieve their goals faster. Wow. Mm, Wow. Yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, love, I love everything. what I do. <laughs> uh, and, and it's it's so worthwhile and so important. And, you know, menopause in the workplace is something that comes up and, you know, we've spoken on the podcast and, you know, research out of the UK has shown that menopausal women are the fastest growing workforce demographic. Have you seen remnants of that in your work? But also, you know, what do you see in job hunters as they get older, some of the things that they may struggle with or face as they're trying to find employment? Absolutely. Well, I find that, well, I I have personal experience with menopause, of course, so that helps a lot coaching other women, but I find that perimenopause symptoms, they creep in slowly, you know, and, and then they, they, they come uh, slowly bit by bit and you don't notice and you don't necessarily know that it's perimenopause that's affecting your mood, that's affecting your energy levels, your sleep, all of a sudden you don't have confidence anymore in where your career is going and what you're doing with it so it takes maybe a conversation with a coach to put light into it and say well you know are you sure this is not perimenopause have you discussed it with your doctor and then I tell my clients my story and that's when they you know the light bulb goes up and then they they realize that it could be impacting their career progression and advancement for sure yeah I see that all the time every week Mm. And we hear so often too that women don't know what they're going through. They don't know what they're experiencing. And and we've started really talking about this sort of idea that it's not in your head. You know, Mm. it is something that is happening. It's it's normal and it's natural. And we've got to be aware of and, and really informed about what's happening. So you alluded to your own perimenopause story so we'd love to hear what what is your story what has been your experience so I'm 50 years old I turned 50 earlier this year and I have had symptoms since, since I was 41 I had a hysterectomy maybe 10 years prior to um or maybe seven years before I turned 41 and so in my mid-30s I I had a hysterectomy and that 
in sometimes can anticipate perimenopause mm. but in fact both my mother and my grandmother had perimenopause symptoms and when they were in their early 40s as well so i think it runs in the family as well as you know potentially having been brought forward by the perimenopause i started having heart palpitations and hot flushes are were my two first symptoms and um i used to have terrible back problems, lower back aches and, and issues. But after the hysterectomy, that stopped and I felt much more comfortable. So some things got better and some things got worse. You know, mm. finally, I didn't have acne anymore. That was good. And my my skin cleared up. I know I, I had adult acne and I had acne when I was a teenager. So that had always bothered me. So suddenly I, I was happy with my skin and uh, happy with the uh, not having any back pain since I was a teenager, but I was struggling with especially the heart palpitations. You know, the hot flushes uh, were happening, but the heart palpitations were scaring me. I was mm. scared and they were happening during work hours and uh, making me feel very uncomfortable. Um, let's say if I was preparing a presentation or talking to clients or having to lead a project or a team, but feeling that my body was not where it should be, you know, like that mind and body connection is so important. So you want mm -hmm. to rationally be there and be objective about what you're doing and what you're saying. And all of a sudden your heart starts jumping out. Like it was, you know, a little, it's like you have a, something inside you that doesn't belong to you it's really weird I don't know if you've had felt that yeah yeah so that I, I've had the same thing actually I've, I've experienced it more as my it's like the beat of my heart really um it it speeds up really quickly mm -hmm. and you sort of like and you just let it go and I actually saw my doctor about it a number of years ago it wasn't actually mentioned as one of the symptoms of perimenopause because I actually didn't realize I was going through it at that time I'm talking a good I don't know, eight years ago, probably now. But obviously in the space that I'm now in, I realize it's like, ah, we had a real aha moment. So yeah, I can see that the scare, it is scary. When you it's don't very know. scary. Yeah. I think my GP was very knowledgeable in the sense that as a woman, she probably noticed that it was perimenopause and signaled that it could be, but she ran with all of the tests. So I did all yes. the cardio tests or everything. We did uh, bone um, testing as well. All of the things that, you know, you should do every now and then as part of your um, health checkups. So I, I was well, I was very privileged to have a good GP and then a, a good uh, specialist. So I here in Melbourne, we have great specialists um, that, that help women, but not a lot of GPs refer them to those specialists. But you know what, even with all of that support, ladies, I still still to this day struggle with what I am calling <laughs> just to, to my friends and people that know me as hypermenopause, like this, my symptoms have just skyrocketed. Wow. And even though, yeah, I was on HRT up until a year ago and then I had to stop because I have so many symptoms and I have had over 50 tests over the past couple of years, you know, all sorts of different tests for thyroid dysfunctions and immune issues. I, and they have all been cleared. So I'm pretty sure that all of my symptoms have uh, are occurring because of menopause, right? So they, they vary from, um, 
skin issues like itchiness and uh, rosacea that has been much worse recently. Eczema has been much worse recently. Um, alopecia, so losing hair, um, IBS symptoms. Now, I am a pretty chill person. Like I'm super chill. I don't usually stress about things. I'm very organized and a planner and in, in a good way, not in a stress way. So I'm not, my friends wouldn't describe me as being a stressed person at all. <laughs> so for me to be having all of these stressors in my body is unusual for me. It's not something that I've experienced before. And I think that the hormonal imbalance has really affected my, my body and the way that it functions. And I'm every day trying to deal with it and making sure that I'm doing the best I can for my body and for my mind. And of course, it affects my mood. So for example, about three weeks ago, I had a big flare up of eczema and rosacea on my face. And, um, and it, it just was really out of I, I you couldn't I couldn't go out like my face was horrible it was really mm. really uh, bad so you have to design your life around it imagine when I work for myself if imagine if I was working for an organization I would have to take leave I just couldn't yeah. I couldn't go to work I couldn't put a shampoo on my scalp because it was so um, sensitive so I think that these are sort of really weird um, issues that I, I'm assuming most women wouldn't have, but if, if women are experiencing any of these issues, uh, for the first time in their lives, maybe there's a correlation there between you being in your late forties, fifties, and maybe that's kind of part of being in that hormonal imbalance time of your life. So I'm sorry, ladies, and we just need to deal with it. Don't we? We, we do. I do like, you know, you've mentioned things about um, th there are those subtle changes that it starts off with and mm -hmm. it can get, um, you know, some of those symptoms can actually subside once you've gone through that day of menopause and gone on the other side, become postmenopausal. It sounds like for you that probably hasn't been the case. You, I'm hearing that it was probably they've become more heightened. Yeah, look, yeah. I, I have been on HRT since I was 41 until yeah. I was 49. So I stopped last year because of all of the symptoms that I yes. have. And I think I'm, I'm pro HRT. So mm. I'm all for it. It worked for me for a while. And then it didn't work anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we need to kind of always be adapting and adjusting. And even though I see a lot of doctors and specialists, what really has helped me most recently is going to an, a good naturopath yeah. that I trust yeah. that was recommended to me by my gastro and dietitian team and said, look, she is a, an expert in this. She can help you. And you have to always be finding ways yes. of making yourself feel better, do better. And th that's what I'm always trying to do. Um, I find that it's uh, ironic uh, that at a time of my life where I have so much time and you know, until recently so much energy to work on my business, um, I'm now facing all of these health issues that I need mm. to deal with. Mm. But you know what? My business has not suffered. And um, I guess with uh, age comes wisdom and I'm just so much more focused and efficient in the way that I use my time that I'm able to run my business and do the work that I do and still kind of then deal with my, my health issues and 
the mm. sort of consultations I need to go and and identifying ways of dealing with yeah so it's it's been a, a tough 12 months for me mm-hmm. in, in dealing with my menopause but I'm, I'm I feel like I'm in the tail end of that mm-hmm. big sort of issue and I think it go it goes in ebbs and flows right so yeah. it, it creeps in and then you kind of find a, a point where you feel like should I take HRT maybe, maybe that's what I'll do because I can't stand it anymore and then and then you need to sort of it's it's a management of it you have to yeah. manage that situation and I wonder too Renata if it's a it's just your way your body's way of recalibrating after coming off the HRT as well uh good question I had to come off because I was unwell so yeah. um last year um I couldn't put the gel on anymore or yeah. the stickers for the estrogen because my skin was so reactive so I was having um um, itchiness and hives really and reacting to both the gel and the the patches yeah um so you know when I when I think about my my health history I've always been somebody who has had allergies to pollen and dust and mm. mold and grass and I've known that there you go so I think that um that that allergy has sort of metamorphed into something more yes. and now I have this sort of skin reactions to products that I put on my skin um soap um and also the unfortunately the estrogen patches and gel so I had to come off I couldn't stand them anymore mm. so now I'm um, I'm i have changed doctors. I was seeing um, different doctors for my my HRT, and now I see Dr. Fatima Khan here in Melbourne, and I'm about to go see her again because I we she we and I uh, she and I agreed like we you need to stop, you need to focus on other things now and get your the other parts of your body sorted. But I know, but that my estrogen levels are now like zero. And that worries me because I'm Mm. 50 and I want to live a long life. Like I'm a David Sinclair kind of girl, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, I want to live up until I'm a hundred and I know I can do it. Like it worries me that like the men in my family from both sides of the family, mom and dad's, live up until a hundred, like 97, a hundred. That's my, to my, my, my grand, my, both my grandfathers, one lived until his nineties and the other one died at hundred, but the women die earlier. Mm, yeah. And that is not lost on me. Yeah. Like both my yeah. grandmothers passed away in their seventies and I'm like, you know what? I don't want to no. that to be me. I really mm. want to make sure that I live a long life. That's also healthy, that I feel mm. good. And, and I don't want to, um, miss out on the opportunity that medicine and research is showing you know what we mm. can do so I'm always trying but my body's very challenged it's challenging me a lot yeah. <laughs> I have to say uh, it's like a a little um one sample experiment that I'm doing with myself I always trying new things so I am going back to uh, estrogen now with Dr. Fatima Khan's support and it will be a different gel that I think it's just a tiny one I don't know if you know the name it's like a little sachet it's not as big as that big pump sorry yeah. that I don't know the names but you know no that's okay <laughs> that's okay and look you know we we yeah. actually are having Dr. Fatima Khan on our podcast in a few weeks so 
Um, mm. We've done a little, we did the menopause um, panel with her on World Menopause Day last year. And mm. we love that she's a doctor and specialising in what she does. It's not our specialty. But we also love that she she you know she really supports those lifestyle elements in menopause, which is what we're all about. And uh, yeah, we're very excited about talking mm. to her again, aren't we, Nat? Yeah, we yeah. are. And I just want to say thank you for being so open mm. and vulnerable about you know your experience and because you know we have many conversations with women and a lot of them are uncomfortable to really delve into what they're experiencing. And I know that your story and what you're experiencing will definitely help uh, the women who listen to this episode. So, yeah, thank you so much, Renata, for your openness. Oh, look, look, I'm I'm a sharer and I share this with my clients a lot when I feel like there is an opening because sometimes you have to take it easy. A lot of people don't realize that they are going through perimenopause. I find that many of my clients come to me you know, I'm a career coach, as you know, and they will have, you know, a, a 30 minute a free consultation with me and say, you know, all of a sudden, I don't have any more confidence in my work. All of a sudden, I don't have energy and I need a coach. And I'm like, yeah, but you also need HRT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say that. I think it. And then, you know, yeah. of course I work with them. And then I say, look, yes, we're going to get you the job you want. But let's also look at your life more holistically. I start really holistically. So I follow a very sort of um, sort of structured framework that I've been using for years that I know is, gives my clients the success that they want. Mm-hmm. Like it guides them through um, people usually when they're in career transition or job transition, they feel like there's just so much to do and they feel overwhelmed. I'm like, no, I'm going to guide you through. You're just going to do if things very efficiently but before we start that more tactical strategy I do look at their lives holistically tell me where Mm. you want to be 20 years from now 30 years from now tell me what your life looks like you know down the track because whatever we're doing now needs to progress you towards that goal right Mm. and then looking at those things more holistically usually there's an opening there where I could get to know them better it's it helps me help them if I know them better as well because I can sort of help them with their narrative and 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 in positioning themselves and their personal brand and then I find an opening to say look would you consider getting additional help like mm. you know Fatima can and many of my clients are now patients of Dr. Yeah. Fatima <laughs> or or another doctor you know if they're yeah. overseas because I, I have clients overseas yeah well. yeah no it's very powerful and you know you really just highlight that yes you know you're focusing on career and supporting people with their career but you know I always say we're the same person whether we're at home or we're at work and our career is one part of us and yes we give so much to our career and and we want a career that's fulfilling because that flows into our health and into the rest of our life but you do you have to look at our life holistically to say well what is it that's going to light you up and and make you want to go to work so that when you finish work you go home giving you know those that you love the best of you not not the dregs of you Mm. because you've had such a crappy day at work so Mm. yeah love love what you're saying there you know perimenopause has been labeled as a silent career killer for women and women either take you know long service leave or they leave the workforce entirely because they're struggling with Mm. the symptoms of um, perimenopause so what are some of your best tips of how women can maintain the career they love given all the physical mental and emotional changes they're experiencing 
Yeah, it's a very good question. I recently did a podcast episode about doing a career change, uh, career break or a sabbatical and taking it. I think if, you know, going back to that idea of living a long life, if we're going to live a long life, and a lot of us want to work longer as well, you know, for um, many more years than maybe previous generations, you know what, it's okay to take a break. <laughs> and if you feel like it's an important break for you mentally, emotionally, and health-wise, take a break. It's better to take a break and take care of business, take care of life, and then go back to the workforce than try to just carry on feeling miserable. Such a good point. I, I say this because we are working many, many more years than previous generations. And people like you guys and myself will probably work more than our parents did. So it's saving our leave and our um, dreams and hopes to, to do when we're retired seems strange now you know you know that we're also in australia if you're listening somewhere else australians have this thing like i'm going to retire and then i'm going to do that trip to europe yes <laughs> why not do it now why not do it now i think it's it, you know if you can take that break now and then come back with um, good energy i think it's important i have a few clients in their late 40s early 50s even a client in their uh, in her 60s that are coming back now after having to deal with uh, health issues, some of which were menopause related. And I, I think that people feel like, oh, you know, coming back to the workforce is really hard. Yes, it is. If you don't have the confidence and the support and the um, belief in yourself. But if you're strong, if you position yourself strongly, you will come back better. But if you cannot afford that, because coming back, taking a break and coming back is a privilege. I know that, right? Some people cannot afford to do it. Then you have to um, carve time for you first. You know, this idea that many people have like, oh, you know, I'm going to do everything that I need to do in the house and at work and then Friday afternoon, I'm going to focus on myself or, you know, I'm going to spend this weekend looking for work. You're not going to do it because you're going to be exhausted. Mm -hmm. Those things that require you being creative and learning something new, like job hunting is not easy to do. It's, it's mentally exhausting. You need to do that first thing in the week. You need to do that when you're, you know, feeling more energized and not depleted. Mm. So if you can always remember that, that you need to carve out the time and the time needs to be at the right time, not when you're tired. Mm. A lot of people say to me, oh, you know, I have an interview next week on, on Thursday. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do everything I need to do for work and everything I need to do at home. And then on Wednesday night, I'm going to practice for my interview <laughs> you know that that doesn't work you know what is your priority your priority is to change jobs so everything else has to go that week mm, yeah it's so I, true such good advice and for yeah. me, women in menopause who are juggling with mood swings and energy levels and hot flushes and all of that that is even more important. Using your time efficiently is even more important. And that I am a pro at that, everyone. <laughs> that is my strength, you know, knowing how to use my time efficiently because of all the health issues that I have faced recently. Yeah. And I guess that highlights, you know, very much around 
our messaging through this podcast, but also the work we do and the coaching we do with clients during this phase is, you know, there's an opportunity for learning here. There's an opportunity to sort of, you know, tap into some potential, you know, make changes. Yes, it it, it might be challenging, but, you know, what, what can this look like? You know, what can your life look like today? And, you know, even post uh, menopause as well, and, you know, using it as a personal development learning, which I know it's hard to build that mindset, but there's that level of um, acceptance and embracing it and, you know, playing around with prioritizing, playing around with how efficient can I be? Where, where are my strengths? And, you know, am I better in the morning or am I better in the evening? Really carving out your day and making your day look like the way you want it to look so that you are efficient and you are performing as you want. Mm. Mm. Yes, I I think nature played, you know, a really funny trick with women. It has given us so many lovely, wonderful opportunities, but also so many challenges. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, I feel like um, it has also broken our lives down into uh, stages or seasons and you need to adapt to each season as they come. And I think that that happens more to women than men for sure. Mm. Um, So I guess, you know, understanding the season you are in right now and how is looking at how all the the, the pros and, and the benefits that come with it and then managing whatever is challenging you is the way to go but also having the time in your life to actually be strategic about it and reflect you know we just live our lives every day without sometimes taking taking toll and sitting down and thinking okay what's happening to me and and that has happened to me as well like I remember going to a doctor I was probably in the most challenging corporate job I've ever had it was a very senior position and and it was really really um stressing you know that the sort of work that I was doing not that that sort of in itself bothered me because I thrive under complexity I love it so I I usually you know used to seek opportunities like that for myself because I really enjoyed it but I was struggling and I went to a doctor and I said I am, I'm, I'm moody. I'm not happy anymore. I don't like my job anymore. I think I need to see a counselor. And she's like, no, you actually look sick. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you tell you look unwell? And I'm like, no, I didn't, didn't realize that. I. So I, I was so sort of in the rat race of things. I didn't realize I actually was unwell and sick and it was all like menopause symptoms I was a bit overweight and she's like no you're overweight you're probably pre-diabetic um how is your menopause symptoms like um, I think they're the, all over the place oh your HRT is low you have to you, you know go through you know use a, a, a bigger patch or a more efficient gel or whatever and I had no idea as soon as I fixed that I was fine again yeah, that, I didn't even need to see a counselor. Not that I, you know, think you shouldn't see a counsellor. But, you know, but you make a good point because through uh, perimenopause leading into menopause and, you know, around that time, you can actually experience anxiety and depression as a result mm. of those changes in, in estrogen and hormones. So, you know, clearly you were probably having a real effect from that and that was really, you know, you said, oh, there's something wrong with me or, you know, okay. I've got to go and see someone. So, and that's a really good point that you make just to stop, take stock almost and see where you're at. And, you know, and I think you've touched and it's probably one of the um, leads into the next question. You know, we've talked about women in their careers, but if you, if you 
work with women that feel that they need to move on from their on from the careers that they're having now due to the impact of perimenopause symptoms. What advice or what other advice would you offer them around changing careers or choosing aligned workplaces and having the career that they actually desire? You know, they want to keep working, they desire it. What would you tell them? Well, I'm going to flip that question a little bit and say, you should never give up on your career path that you've decided to do because you're menopausal. (laughs) So, you know, never, you know, I I was with a client yesterday and she was like, oh, you know, I'm applying for these jobs and I'm not getting the jobs. I'm going to apply for jobs that are lower, like a lower level jobs. And I'm like, don't do that. This is our first session. You know, she signed up for three months work with me please give me the opportunity to start working with you before you go down a level. And so you should never um, do that because you're menopausal, because you're not feeling confident. You work, we work on that through either talking to a menopause specialist or a career coach to support you. But also, I guess, you know, menopause um, season is usually a season where you may feel like you're ready to do it's the the second half of your career or the last hooray and it's it's time for you to address those career dreams and aspirations you know you still have time and it, it Christian Dior started Christian Dior house when he was in his 60s I mean you can do um things at whatever age you want it's just a matter of having a great plan and great support system and putting your your one foot in front of the other there is no better way to start than just start it yes. so I, I guess um uh, it, it it is um really important for women to remember that there is plenty of time. And I think, you know, we joked when I interviewed on my podcast that there are things about menopause that I love, (laughs) like wearing white pants. And (laughs) and I, um, and I think that one of the things that I love career wise is that uh, it, for me, at least it coincided with having a lot of freedom uh, both financially and in my personal life, you know, kids have grown up. I don't feel like I have a lot of responsibilities. I can dedicate it to to having my own business, and I I wanted to have my own business. So for me, it was the right time, and I think the right time for anyone, women or men, to have a business is either when they're very young and dumb and stupid, so they don't know the risks and can they <laughs> they still have time to recover. Or when they have, they are in their forties or fifties, because they have so much time and less, um, less responsibilities with family and, and everything. So, like opening a business, frankly, in your thirties, personally for me, it would be hell, because my mortgage was huge, my kids were little, I just wouldn't have the energy and the time to dedicate to it. Yeah, really good advice. Really good advice. And and it is, it's that. It's it's a hard season that we're going through when we're going through perimenopause, but it's a season, right? And I and I always love referring to past experiences that we've had in our life prior. That where have you been in a season 
that has challenged you and you know what have you done what has helped you what has support you supported you to get through that season and and I very much liken it to you know when when if we've had children you know that first time we become a mother you know that is a season that Mm. challenges us and changes us probably more than anything any season that we have really so it is it's yeah it's pulling on past experiences definitely Absolutely. And, 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 you know, uh, for women who want to have a family and have a career, you know what it, how tricky it is to, to juggle everything. And, but even if you don't have a family, you still have to manage your hormonal imbalances all the time. Yeah. So it, you know, menopause is just another clog in that game that we play with our bodies in managing uh, how we're how the month is going and Mm. and adapting um our work and our energy levels to adjust to it i don't know if you saw this i saw it at the um mamma mia instagram yesterday uh gofa a female oh i saw uh, this did you see it yes go on yeah i don't know her name i don't follow golf but um this woman was being interviewed by a male uh, reporter and he was asking her about her performance and she said oh it's that time of the month so i usually at that time of the month i have a terrible back problem yes and i you know couldn't couldn't play well and I, i guess somebody else who was playing with her could see that you know her, her back problem had come back and and the guy was so he was the, flabbergasted he didn't he know was. what to say because she took a little bit of time she had her physio or something with her and he did some manipulation or massage to help yeah. her through and um yeah he just did not know what to say I actually yeah. responded to a post about it in LinkedIn actually Renata it was yeah it was like this is so good it <laughs> was so fun to to hear and see and and so publicly and and normalizing something that we all go through yes every month you know every month there's that little bit of pain or that sort of weirdness in our body that we have to deal with I've always wondered how sports women deal with it because I know it must be different Mm. and anyway it was lovely to hear her talk Mm. about it so comfortably I, I thought it was hilarious his his reaction was hilarious <laughs> I just didn't know what to say he didn't he didn't and I think the next stage and with the help of you two you know it's normalizing perimenopause and menopause and and be be comfortable talking about it I'm super comfortable talking about it oh yeah we should be and look you know and I sort of liken it in my head in my world it's like well we talk about a whole lot of other health can you know, a lot of other conditions that can happen in our body or stages that we're going through, having children, all that kind of stuff. So why should this be any different at all? You know, especially around menstrual health as well. There's such a stigma around that too. So yeah, yeah it's not great. And, you know, I think that um, it, I, I see lots of different specialists because of all the different things that are happening to me. It turns out all of the blood tests that I've done, everything came negative. And the first time, like last year, when I went to my GP and I said, look, I'm having all these symptoms, I'm pretty sure they're all connected. And he's like, oh, no, no, I think you need to see a gastro and I think you need to see um, uh, something else. And I'm like, okay. And then I came home and I doctor Googled it and guess the first thing that showed up, a menopause specialist in the UK talking about the symptoms I had just described to him. And I, I have seen a gastro um, a rheumatologist, an immunologist, 
all of these people ask me lots of questions and none of them have asked me about menopause. Yeah, it's scary. I find that really scary. Mm. Yeah, I <laughs> and, mean, they look at me, they know, like I'm in my 50s. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I think it's really interesting. It was only the, the naturopath that's looking at hormonal imbalances. Mm. And this um, doctor in the UK, you should Google her. Her name is Tina Pierce. And it showed up like, yes, if you're having histamine intolerance, if you're having IBS symptoms, and, and she has a very similar um, um, sort of uh, background, study background as Dr. Fatima Kank, who okay. is from the UK as well. Yeah. And I, I looked and they both studied at the same university and all of that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, mm. That's that's uh, what's happening to me. So that's why I joke that I have hypermenopause. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So as perhaps you've come to appreciate, and I think through our conversation too, that, you know, our podcast is all about power and finding and nurturing and using our personal power as we transition through perimenopause and beyond. And we'd love to know, and perhaps you've touched on this already a little bit, you know, what does coming into your own power mean to you? Well, I I'm, I've, have always been a very confident person person little girl women women and and now sort of more wise women and I I love helping other women feel that power I think knowing about yourself as much as you can is important Um, um, if you haven't yet ever done a strengths assessment do it there are some strengths assessments that you can do online that will clarify things that you may know about yourself but you don't feel the confidence of saying it out loud you know um so the via character strains is free you can just go to the um, university of philadelphia's website and do it for example i'm happy to provide a link for the episode show notes if you if you want but just having that um strong sense of yes i'm good at these things these are my character strengths you know and then unpacking that having time to reflect on it either on your own or with the help of a coach or friends to say oh you know i've just done this character strengths test and my first uh, strength is i have a strong sense of justice do you feel like have that and you know get that feedback and then build your own armory you know this is my armor this is what I know I'm good at. You know why I know that? Because it's part of my DNA. These are my character strengths, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I really like people to um, start from, from that. So that's usually the second session in my coaching program. It's really identifying those things that you know about yourself. But if you really don't have a clue, do an assessment, ask people and, and build that strong sense of self. So much easier to talk about you when you you have that reflection first you know that the time to reflect and strategize and you know making sure that you are focusing on the things that you like about yourself now you may have for example I'll give you an example I am very organized and there was a time in my career when I thought governance was a good thing for me to do, you know, as a profession. And then I did it for three years and I didn't like it. (laughs) You have to be careful what you're good at sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. if you don't want to focus on it, I mean, life is too short, just don't. Mm -hmm. And even though I am organized, I am a planner, I have this strong sense of justice and fairness and governance, 
could have been a great career move for me. I just did not enjoy it. So I use my planning and my strengths to help my business, make sure that it is successful. Having that patience that you need to have when you're growing a business from scratch or a project from scratch. Um, so I've used that same strength in different ways. Mm. So just understanding that is important as well. Mm. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> no, it does. And, you know, even from a health and wellbeing perspective and the coaching we do, you know, I, I always get them to do that VIA character strengths test because mm. let's explore and get to know yourself from a different perspective, you know, and I always find it interesting when they do it and they're like, this is my top strength. No way. I would have said that, that I'm Surprise. not good at that. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's exploring, you know, and it's, yeah. it's opening their horizons to, you know, have you considered this about yourself? And, you know, and I think there's a lot of, and not to generalize, but women in particular, you know, um, self-worth, you know, self-esteem, self-confidence, mm. you know, that, that can, can wane in a lot of women and men too, of course, but you know, it's, it's opening to, this is, this is who you are. Let's accept, let's love, let's embrace. And not from an egotistical point of view, but let's embrace mm. all of you and, and use that. And as you said, life is too short to, I guess, you know, wonder what is possible or what life could look like or who you can be, you know, it's, yeah, it's like yeah. seize the moment. I find that, um, you know, I've, I've never been a, f- a big fan of assessments. I don't know about you. I love the via character strengths. I always love that. But so many of the other assessments just bring me nothing. Like I'm usually not like I could be an ENTJ or ENTI. Like I, I never really sort of fall into boxes correctly. But I have started working with an amazing assessment called Talent Predicts, which, you know, has that sort of positive psychology backbone, like the, the via one but it's more career oriented. Mm. Then it looks of how your strengths, you know, the things that you're good at can overflow and then become not strengths anymore. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So the idea of what happens when you overuse a strength and then it mm. just comes out or is perceived uh, by others as being your weakness. Mm. So we look at that to make sure that you're moving in a career direction that helps you and that is good for you uh good mentally for you that it's where you want to be and because i only work with clients in the second half of their careers now i'm teaching at monash uni next month so i'll be working with younger professionals for the first time in a long time but most of my private clients are in their 40s and 50s i find it it's really important you know especially at this point in time to revisit your career and reset because, you know, we've, we've had a lot of support in the beginning of our careers and then it just went into this flow for 10, 15 years. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, wait, what am I doing again? <laughs> so understanding uh, your power, what you bring to the table when you join a team or you join a company is really important. And speaking confidently about it is really important. And some people just don't know. They just don't, don't know what they bring to the table. Yeah. And then we get a lot of people being very vanilla. Oh, you know, I'm a generalist. I can wear many hats. I can do many things. Nobody cares. Mm. If you're listening and that's your pitch, you have to review your pitch because you're not going to be memorable. Nobody cares. Mm. You have to have your, know what your strength is. 
Yes. Very sound advice. Very sound advice. I love that. Uh, we have loved chatting to you and I think, you know, it's a, a really great conversation and um, I don't know about you, but just on reflection, Lise, you know, I think what you said earlier, Renata, about the fact that you're always looking into how you're feeling, you're always exploring, you know, how you can support yourself. It's, you know, you're not just resting on one solution, you're looking at a holistic approach and, you know, really supporting, you know, your entire lifestyle. So I think that that's a really great message for our listeners for today. Mm. What do you think, Lise? Yeah, no, totally agree with you. I, I really enjoyed the chat and you've, um, there's almost now, one of the things that's been raining in my head, Renata, uh, a few weeks ago, we did something around the mindset um, in menopause and Nat said something around being comfortable with being uncomfortable at this time of your life and I think that can have so many uh, you know I feel like you've touched on that today there's a lot of uncomfortableness but you sort of you've got to rise up and not accept it but just understand it and move through it and take the steps to be able to manage it and then keep going and um, I really I've really found it really insightful what you've had to share with us today. Thank you. And can we point out to the listeners that I think Lisa had a hot flush midway through our I conversation? Did, I did. I didn't want to say anything. I took my jumper off and then I got cold and I put it on again. I noticed that. And I think that type of jumper is perfect. If I had had a hot flush, my jumper would be very hard to take yeah, no, off. I've got three layers on because I was it's pretty cold in Melbourne here this morning. And I thought, yeah. okay, I want to dress in layers. So I know it's going to hit me. So we, need, so we had to tell them, right? Like we had to tell them you had a hot flush. Oh, you're all over it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so Renata, we'd love to connect our listeners with you. Where is the best place that they can connect with you and also learn more about you and your work? I'll go to my website. If you can spell my name, I'll say it R-E-N-A-T-A-B-E-R-N-A-R-D-E.com. And there you find what I do, services I offer and yada yada but I'm everywhere can you believe I'm on TikTok now I'm on TikTok oh my god I'm embarrassed I'm on TikTok I'm on Instagram I'm on Facebook and of course I'm on LinkedIn as I should be because I'm a career coach so find me anywhere you want and of course I'm on on the podcast world right the job hunting podcast go listen to our episode on the job hunting podcast Yeah, and you have so many actually um, you have so many other wonderful podcasts that our listeners can definitely learn a lot from too. They're fabulous. And we'll pop all of that into the show notes as well. Yeah, the ones with Fatima Khan, that would be great. Yeah. Thank you so much, Renata. We really appreciate your time. Bye, everyone. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for sharing your time with us, learning how you can be your best energetic self no matter what life stage you are going through. Be sure to contact us if any of this content resonates with you. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any of our future episodes. See you next time.